0: Welcome to the Companion Chapel. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous, stormy December 22nd, 220 day. Today, we will be doing 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Today, you will learn from God's Word about what happens when your flesh body dies, and how your moral mannerisms directly direct where you go. But this podcast and the Companion Chapel Worldwide Ministries brought to you by your generous donations. Thank you so much. Go to CompanionChapel.com, Visa, MasterCard, or PayPal, or e-transfer to email address CompanionChapel at gmail.com or support by simply emailing me just to say hi and ask a question or a place in the Bible you want taught and I'll do my best to get back to you. Or come visit the Companion Chapel at number 338, side Road 28 slash 29, Sogging Shores, Ontario, Canada NOG 2GO Also known as RR5 Paisley, Ontario And yeah, it's an abandoned looking Dilapidated house with no hydro What can you do To come help? Anything I need a driveway put in, like some gravel I need some firewood Constantly need firewood And any food or donations That you want to give, or labour Especially labour Now 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Please turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Again, God teaching through Paul. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which you also have received, and wherein you stand. That's right. You make a stand. Your rock is Jesus Christ, Yeshua, Messiah, our Savior. Make a stand. Don't be a reed in the wind, blowing back and forth, or a wave in the sea, just bopping up and down. Two, by what you are saved, if, now if is a condition, by what you are saved, if you keep the, in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. That means unless you're just doing lip service, or if you're just going about your day, doing whatever you please, uh, pursuing any curiosity that seems amusing to you, whether it's morally uh, good or bad or ethically good or bad doesn't matter you can't just go and say oh I just love Jesus Jesus will forgive me because there's condition here you'll be saved if you keep in memory what I preached to you and you don't believe it in vain it's not some vanity it's not a it's not something just some passing thing you believe it in your heart for I delivered unto you first of all that which I re- also received how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures And that he was buried and he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures be very careful to never marginalize what christ accomplished on the cross never marginalize it just to fulfill your agenda just to just to make an excuse for you to compromise with evil just for you to make an excuse not to forgive just to make an excuse to blame or to feel anxiety or worry or fear be very careful not to marginalize what Christ did on the cross he did not compromise with evil that validates the kingdom that he has set up now in abeyance. he's the King of King Lord of Lords Prince of Peace and the way to get to that kingdom a place of peace beyond our present comprehension where there is no evil he defeated death He justified it. He was the only one righteous. He was the only one with no guile, no malice, no corruption found in him. He was the only one worthy. He was sinless. And therefore, that validates the kingdom that he has set up. So be very careful not to marginalize that kingdom, or you're not going to get in. Three, for I delivered unto you, first of all, which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to scriptures. He fulfilled prophecy to the letter. And... And we all acknowledge that. It's the year of our Lord, 220. Here's this guy who walked around handing out fish sandwiches and a pair of sandals with 12 of his buddies. It's the things he said and the things he did. He did not compromise with evil. The best-selling book, 2,000 years running, is about him. There's a church on every corner and a dedication to him. You see a cross every day, probably 20 times a day. Everybody in the world above the age of 20, knows the name Jesus Christ. And who was he? He walked around for three years, 2,000 years ago. It's because of things he said and did. He was God. He was our living. He was Emmanuel, God with us. And and that he was buried and he rose again on the third day, according to scriptures. And that he was seen of Cephas, that's Peter, then of the 12, um, after his resurrection, okay. And you say, well, there was only 11. No, 11 is disorder. Acts chapter 1, 26, Mathis replaced 12. 12 is governmental perfection. 11 is disorder. 13 is chaos. God is governmental perfection. God is orderly. 6. After that, he was seen of 500 brethren at once, of whom greater part remain unto this present, but some are falling asleep. Yeah, you're going to kick the bucket just like everybody. Your flesh body is going to die. In a couple years, and as far as the affairs of time go, we live a very short period. They say, "Oh, maybe you'll live another 50 years." That's hardly anything, if on, on the if, as according to the affairs of time. Or maybe you'll die tomorrow. You can't negotiate with faith; it's guaranteed. You better have your spiritual body in order. Have your things in order for God. After that, he was okay. Seven. After that, he was seen of James and of all the apostles that sent out. Once there was other apostles. There was Paul, Barnabas, uh, Romans 16, Andronicus and Junius, and Sylvanus and, and uh, Timothy. Like, come on, there was lots. Hey, okay, he was seen of. He was seen of other apostles. Doesn't necessarily mean them, but Paul saw him. And of the last he was seen, also of me, one born out of due time. Well, that's what Paul says about himself. He he saw Christ on the road to Damascus. For I am the least of the apostles that am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church. That was Paul's job. He did it with zeal, and then he got struck down on the road to Damascus, and he repented. And it's a great lesson. You can repent. You don't think you did something too bad not to repent and have a change of heart and make amends for it. God understands sin. He understands forgiveness like human beings don't. God forgives and forgets the deed and considers human frailty. Human beings generally just want to rub your face back in the same sin over and over and over again and never consider human frailty. 10. But by the grace of God... I am what I am, and, the, and his grace was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than, the, than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. Paul really gives credit. Paul gives credit to where credit is due. He never considers himself. He's always giving credit to, to God and to people. And yeah, there's a lot of noise in the background here. I don't have any hydro, and uh, that's a propane light. And there's definitely a windstorm blasting this house. Uh, I'm sitting in the upstairs, and I'm sitting in a chair. That feels like I'm, I'm going through uh, turbulence in an airplane. 12 or 11. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preached, so ye believed. Wherever you get your doctrine from, like whoever's your teacher preacher, he's saying. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how some say among you, so, what happened? Say among you, there is no resurrection of the dead. That's what some people say. These are the Sadducees. These are the heathen people. These are the people today that, just because in their little minds, they they don't understand something, therefore it must be wrong. It's like the little kid this little the, the, the schoolboy who doesn't understand something blames the book or it's like it's like the guy' putting together a key of furniture and he blames the instructions when he's mangled it you know these are the people that the heathens heathen people and they're around today there's they're everywhere 13 but if there be no resurrection of the dead then is Christ not risen now this is said in like an irony type of thing. Okay, so if that's what you guys think, then you guys think Christ didn't rise, okay? You know, you guys aren't believers. You just believe whatever you want to make up for your convenience, what you think is right in your limited mind, and your limited time here. Whatever's Whatever suits your lifestyle because your lifestyle is more important than the truth. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching in vain and your faith also in vain? Like is this whole book just void? Like 2,000 years later, we, we uh, count our years after this guy, Jesus Christ, who walked the earth. It's the year of our Lord, 220. Uh, there's been billions of copies of this Bible put out. There's, uh, it's a best-selling book, 2,000 years running. Um, what, this is all just, this is all just like uh, for nothing? Yay, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ. Whom he raise not up. If so that the dead rise not. Like just because you guys don't believe. Because you're so limited. Or so engulfed in yourselves. You have so much egotism. And you're so lazy. You can't learn God's word. Because it, you just want to make up something for yourself. And then carry on with your day. Yeah that's not what I think. You have your religion. I have my religion. I'm a good person. No I don't believe that. That couldn't happen. How's that happen? You have to, you have to, you have to get educated. It's not even hard. This book is written in the common pen. It's easy to understand. Not in English, it's not. But it's not hard to find a teacher. For if the dead rise not, then is Christ not raised? Like, if you want to see what happens when you die, Luke chapter 16, Lazarus and the rich man. Um, Ezekiel chapter 40 to 48. There's millennium period instructions. And this chapter here, verse or chapter 15 Corinthians, is going to tell us what happens when your flesh body dies. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain, and yet in your sins, and then also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this if in this life only we have hope in Christ, are we all men most miserable? And it's saying, Well, if this is all just vain and void, then What are we doing? This is miserable. Like, we may as well just set up our own God and just, like, a statue, like some fat guy, like the Michelin man from the Far East, and just, you know, rip off the Bible, a book of quotes, and sound like you're a genius and go around. Yeah, that's heavy, man. Be like the vine, not the oak. You got to bend. Yeah, that's heavy. Yeah, yeah, good. Good luck with that, you know. Uh, Verse 20 but now in Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Okay? Paul saw him, and he just, we're not going to reiterate the first uh, 13 verses that all the people that saw Christ, and he fulfilled prophecy, and he did not compromise with evil, and he, f- like, he fulfilled prophecy to the letter. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, and so in Christ shall all be made alive. Now, just keep it simple. The first Adam, Adam and Eve, sin was found there, and sin is death. Okay? The second Adam, the man Adam, that's Ahadam, with the article and particle emphatically meaning Christ, the man, you made alive. you made alive because he set up a place, of uh, a righteous place with no evil. Evil will just kill you. If you want to live in the evil, then just stop listening now. Take your Bible and throw it in the dumpster. But if you want to know where your body goes and that there is a place of peace beyond our present comprehension, that there is a God, then this book's for you. 23, every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits. Afterward, they that are Christ at his coming. Every person in his own order. Every person goes through the matrix once born innocent of woman into the flesh in a divine order you are here and now for a reason God gives you a gift with a chief design that you are to fulfill God made you for his glory for his joy for his pleasure are you pleasing to God what do you put first in your life the ways of the world evil or do you put God first and it's that simple in his order. God is orderly. Then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and power and authority. And this happens at Seventh File, Seventh Seal, Seventh Trump. For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. Psalms 110, Millennium Period 26. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. This is the second death. The word death is Satan. Satan is not Satan's name. Satan is a descriptive term. We don't we're not given Satan's name for a good reason because people would just worship that worship evil. Because they're so lost and they're so uh, into themselves. So we don't want them to worship but they worship the name Satan, devil, demons, evil spirits, all powers and principalities of Satan. Everything that corrupts, everything that offends, everything that is of the darkness will be destroyed at the second death. Okay, it's gone. Like good riddance. Look what it's done to this planet. Look what it's done to humanity. Evil. All the evil in the world comes from the human heart. But all the evil in the world got its ideals originally from before from this adversary when iniquity was found in him. And the adversary just means Satan. It's a descriptive term. 27. For he hath put all things under his feet. That's God will put all things under Christ's feet. But when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is expected, which did put all things under him. Okay, it's, it's it is Father who puts all enemies as a footstool underneath Christ's son, underneath underneath Jesus Christ, his son's feet. Okay, this is so simple because it just shows that God's in control. God has to allow this evil to happen. God has to allow everyone to walk into chastisement and it, it God chastises only those he loves. There's no way to get rid of evil unless God allows it to happen. It's free will. You want to act like that, then you're going to beat yourself up and beat others up. That's the rod of iron, and that's God's chastisement. Go ahead. Until you have beat yourself down so far and hit rock bottom, humanity, and on an individual basis also, then you'll come back to God and realize that Jesus Christ did not compromise with evil, and he set up a place, a kingdom, a place of peace beyond our present comprehension where there is no evil. But until you're done going out trying to prove God wrong and prove that you're right in the gazillion ways of evil, then there's still going to be evil until the last person's come and gone and then Okay, it's judgment time. You're going to you're going to meet your maker, and that's all there is to it. All things are put under him, and then eventually just gets rid of everything evil and the people that want to carry that evil, that perpetuate evil, that perpetuate unrighteousness, their iniquity, their egotism. Their all oh, this has to be right. I'm a good person. I've lived a good life. According to what? You judging yourself. If you judge yourself, people that judge themselves always make amends for what they're doing. Always make excuses to, to judge themselves as good people. God is judge and there has to be a judge. Or else everyone would just judge themselves and then it would just be chaos over and over again. And that's what we have on earth today. It's just chaos. There's no peace down here. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son of man himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. It all wraps up. The affairs of time in this age of flesh. And God repented that he had to put us in the flesh. He didn't want us to have to go through this. The wantings, the needs, the lusts, the evil that is in the flesh heart. No, he wants your love. Period. And he's not going to accept anything else. It's all about love. The love of Christ in your heart is all you need. All in all, that's when it all wraps up with the eternal temple. 29. Else what shall they do which are baptized for the dead? If the dead not rise all, why are they baptized then for the dead? And again, going back to, uh, like, what's the point if it's not true? 30. And why stand... We in jeopardy every hour. Yeah, Paul put his life on the line. Crazy. Read the book of Acts, started chapter 13. What this guy went through. He knew he was going to get a beat down. There was riots because of him. And he doesn't care. Paul backed down from nobody. This is I protest. This is I rejoice by your rejoicing which I have in Jesus Christ our Lord. I die daily. Paul was ready to die for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ any day. He was ready. If after the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage it to me if the dead rise not? Let us eat, drink, and die tomorrow. Okay, let's just, this is easy. When he was at Ephesus, there was a riot. You can read about that in the book of Acts. And they left him for dead. He got stoned, and he got thrown in jail, shackles. He got uh, the whips on his back and right on the bare skin it's bleeding scars and he's saying like if if the dead not rise if he didn't believe and put his uh, life on the line then you may as well just get drunk every day and we're just going to die tomorrow anyway just like party and then die just be, and that's your life that's what Paul's saying there was a riot in Ephesus and he still went back thereafter even though he knew that he was gonna they were, they were going to hate him didn't care. Paul backed down from nobody. Isaiah chapter 22, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. You can read that uh, quote there and it's the first about 20 verses of chapter 22 of Isaiah. Be not deceived. Okay, here is Paul teaching at his best. There is a deep moral and spiritual lesson here and we're just going to have to really really take this into consideration, okay? There's a deep moral and spiritual lesson here in these two verses. Paul is answering the concerns of reports of what's going on in and around the area of Corinth. Remember? That's what this letter is all about, the 1 Corinthians. I'll just read these two verses. Be not deceived, evil communications, corrupt good manners, awake to righteousness, and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak, to you, I speak this to your shame. Okay, refer back to chapter 5 here. In these two verses, 33 and 34, in emphatic original language terms, Paul addresses those who choose to live in the prison of sensual lust. And people live in that prison today. That prison is overflowing. Be not deceived. Don't kid yourself. God has set forth a consistent, unchanging, principled standard. You can't violate the principles of God without consequence. Evil in this uh, verse is kakos in the manuscripts. And this reads, the evil principles in action, the sinful acts, the depraved deeds bad in nature, referring to who they engage in sexual intercourse with. They defile their moral habits, they corrupt their moral manners. That's what that verse means. So in other words, not holding back, not sugarcoating anything. As soon as your same-sex friend becomes your pillow-biting chew toy, you have exited the divine perimeters of love and entered the satanic prison of sensual lust. That happens today. Like, you see porn sites. Like, we've all walked in those ways. We've all you know, engaged or looked at something that we repented from. And you're not going to marginalize what Christ accomplished on the cross of forgiveness to fulfill your hateful agenda by pointing fingers at me. We've all walked in the ways of sin. And you look at those images, all those people, you're perpetuating that satanic prison of sensual lust. And you look at the views on there, Millions of views, all those pictures, million views, millions of views, millions of views. The sexual deviancy, deviancy. Now, God loves you, but he does not love what you're doing. And this goes, don't forget, there's no peace for the unrighteous. You can't find peace there. This goes for sexual deviancy between men and women. Uh, including uh, little Johnny No sitting in front of his uh, computer trying to erase 19 pages of pornography history. <laughs> little Johnny No. Okay, so all kidding aside, that's true by the way. Um, we're talking about debauchery, we're talking about promiscuous and unprincipled being promiscuous and unprincipled in sexual matters. Lusts of the flesh. Learn to say no to yourself. Learn what love is between you and your wife, a man and a woman. You care about the other person. You're tender, you're gentle. You're not running to, uh, like they said, uh, in uh, COVID-19, the perverted sex stores are selling lots of stuff and online. Yeah, you're not running around after your wife with some piece of plastic. And no, gentle, love, compassion, thinking about the other person. And that's what God intended. Not this prison essential lust. You just could leave wanting more, wanting more. More images, more videos, more acts, and get other people involved. It never ends. It never fulfills. And it leads to disappointment. Leads to broken marriages. It leads to broken families. Little kids sitting there, they don't even know what's going on. Because daddy's so amped up, all he thinks about is his midsection, or vice versa. And it destroys the household. Like, get control of yourself. And in the newspaper, I couldn't believe this. I have to talk about this for a second. The London, Ontario newspaper had a full-page ad on how to... Use this product to increase your sex drive 27%. Like, it's just debauchery. Debauchery. All you think about is how you're going to gratify yourself on the other person. Do you think that's what happens in the kingdom of God? you got it wrong. We don't sit there and stare at other people, size them up. Oh, what I would do with that. Oh. Just learn to say no to yourself. Have some self-control. It's called the meek shall inherit the earth. And the meek means... To afflict. To have self-discipline. And it feels good after. I said no to myself. I feel good. I didn't go chasing after all vain curiosities of sexual immorality. Thinking you're some kind of hero. Doing some barnyard act. It's all about love, not lust. Awake to righteousness. Awake yourself. Get out of that prison, of sensual lust. And sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. 35. But some man will say, How are the dead raised? And what body do they come? Good question. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Check it out. And Paul's going to let us know. And he doesn't hold back either. He doesn't sugarcoat this. Thou fool, what thou sowest is not quickened except it die. And that which thou sowest so it's not that body that shall not be but bare grain and may chance of wheat or some other grain like how many times have you ever heard this thing how many times have you ever heard this verse yeah you gotta okay it's so simple you got a, a plant say it's a wheat plant right it's got wheat grains on the top okay unless that plant die and that seed go in the ground die it fertilizes it's embryo and you get another plant otherwise you get nothing okay simple But God giveth it a body, and it hath pleased him, and every seed his own body. Now there's another great moral and spiritual lesson here, a deep one. And we're talking about seeds. Um, 1 Corinthians 3.8, which we just did a few days ago. He that planteth, and he that watereth are one. Okay? He can't plant a seed in corruption, which is going to be in a few more verses. Leviticus chapter 19. Thou shalt not sow thy field with mingled seed. And Christ explains what this means in Matthew 13. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the mingled seed of the tares are the children of the wicked one. Just keep that in mind when we go through here. Like this is easy analogies for easy understanding. Remember a few uh, chapters ago, God is not the author of confusion. It's man's traditions that make void the word of God, that make it confusing. Oh, Some lawyer comes around, this could mean this, or this could mean that, or that's not what that means. We'll go back to the manuscripts. It's a fixed language, and it's very easy. God has given it a body that pleased him, and to every seed his own body. Our Father is the creator. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of man, another kind of flesh of beasts, another fishes, another birds. Okay, everything has a soul. And the soul is what you are. You're not a fish. You're not a bird. You're not. You're not um, a beast. You're a person. You're a human being. That's that's what you are. Uh, your your spirit is the intellect of your soul. That's who you are. That's your thought process. That's your reactive attitude that motivates all actions. That's the intellect of your soul. There is a celestial body, and there's terrestrial bodies. Okay, you have two bodies, and it please God. Okay. You have, we're in our terrestrial body right now, terra firma. And our spirit and soul are housed in this body. Our celestial body is not here yet. But the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. You have a heavenly body and an earthly body. You're in one or the other. You're not in your celestial body right now. You're in your terrestrial body, your flesh body, okay? You're in one or the other, period. There is one glory of the sun, Another glory of the moon, another glory of stars, one differeth from another star in glory. Now, this is really deep teaching. I try not to teach too deep, but the application of the word glory here means plainly evident. Okay? It's plainly evident there's a glory of the sun. There's glory of the light. There's a glory of a unique light giver. Genesis chapter one sixteen. Okay? There's another glory of the moon. There's a unique application for the glory of the moon. The lunar, lunatic, that's, that's this evil side, satanic side. And there's another glory of the stars. And we are referred to as stars throughout the Bible because we are little life forces. We are glowing to God. We're not dead. God is the God of the living, not the dead. We have a life force that glows to God. He gave it to us. We don't know how it works. Science will never figure it out. What makes our heart beat? Our blood is the life force of the body. Like, we don't, we'll don't, we never understand what the soul is in these flesh bodies. You can. Uh, what, we're, we're stars. We all sang together. Job 38. Okay, so, when we're all different, God made us all different. He made us for his glory, his joy, his pleasure. Are you pleasing to God? So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption it is raised in incorruption when someone dies in the flesh body your body's corrupt it gets diseased and it's just gonna it just goes back ashes to ashes dust to dust everything in our bodies like clay we're all just minerals and and stuff and uh minerals and elements of the land and then back into the ground it's corrupt it's, it's actually poisonous you can get really sick from dead bodies it's raised in incorruption the Spiritual body, your celestial body, is not corrupt. It does not die, it does not age. We go up there and we're all like young people, not children, we're like young, healthy people in a spiritual body. It is sown in dishonor and raised in glory, exactly. Don't honor these flesh bodies. You don't go lusting after the, the, chasing after the lusts of the flesh. It's dishonor. It's raised in glory. The celestial body doesn't have lustings and wantings. Thank God. It is sown in weakness and raised in power. These bodies are weak. Like you have to have clothes, food, constantly a place to go to watch the washroom. You constantly have to have water, shelter. They're weak. And it's raised in power. It is sown in natural body and raised in spiritual body. Like how many times do we got to go over this? Like Paul really hammers it home here. I don't know why people think anything else. Uh, I don't know how people can read the Bible and get anything else out of here. Natural body spiritual body? Your terrestrial body your celestial body? There's a natural body. You're in it right now. Go brush your hair. Comb your teeth. Right? And there is a spiritual body. Okay. That's when you die. Flesh holds the spiritual body until the spiritual body dies and then your, your spirit and your soul leave. And so it is written, the first man Adam was a living soul and the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. We went over that. Adam, like Adam and Eve, was a living soul and the second Adam was Jesus Christ. A quickening spirit. That's what we go. When we die, we're a spirit. We're in our spiritual body. 46. How be it, that was not first which is spiritual but which is natural and afterward that's what is spiritual yeah first we're in these flesh bodies and then we die into our spiritual body the first man of the earthly earthy second man is the lord from heaven earthy the first man is of the earth that's us right now earthy second man of the lord is from heaven like first your natural body then your spiritual body as is the earthy, I don't know how I miss that word, earthy, earthy, such are they, such are earthy, okay, we're earthy, and as they are heavenly, such are they as is heavenly, it's one or the other, you're either earthy, like you're walking around on the earth, and we're terrestrial or you're heavenly. You're in your heavenly body. There's no limbo, there's no purgatory, there's no sitting in the middle trying to negotiate one or the other. There's no lawyers that say, well just a minute, we have this philosopher here, this great scientist is here, and no, and there's no sitting there. Uh, You're not up in the cemetery. Your relatives aren't there. Their flesh bodies are there. They were sown in corruption. They were sown in dishonor and weakness. It's the natural body. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, it's over. It doesn't raise up from the dead like some zombie movie. You're in your spiritual body. We're with Christ. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, where are we? 49. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of he- heavenly. It's one or the other. God is the God of the living. He's not going to have you laying in that grave in a, in some, in a, in a cheap suit, in a, in a coffin, in the cemetery. The second that you die, the split second you're in your spiritual body, you're gone. You can hear it. I've been around people who have died before. You can hear that breath of life go. You can feel the spirit and the soul leave the body. It's whoosh. It's gone. It's somewhere else. It's free from this flesh bodies. What a great thing. And what a horrific thing to think that one of your loved ones is in limbo, or one of your loved ones is up at the cemetery, you know, laying there in the coffin. Going, hey, guys. Guys, I wasn't really dead. I was just like, my body just wasn't moving. Uh, Yeah, that's horrible. And why are they supposed to come up out of the ground like with their skin hanging off them and worms crawling out of their ears? Like it's over. They're free from that flesh body. We love them to pieces. And we should be happy to know that they are in angels. They are the hosts of heaven. They are the stars. They're not in a hole in the ground down the street at the cemetery. Now, this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. You don't go to heaven, you don't get to see Christ, nothing in your flesh bodies. It does not inherit the kingdom of God. 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Yeah, there's still some that are going to be in the flesh at the seventh file seal and trump. That's fine. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Okay, here's the verse. Everybody wants this. The dead shall be raised. What? Like a bunch of zombies. It just, if you take this verse wrong, then just go back and just delete every verse, the last 49 verses, okay? Now, this verse means... For this corruptible, okay. For in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, when Christ comes instantly, the flesh dies, and we're in the flesh bodies. For the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. That's the spiritually dead will be put in their in their spiritual bodies, and we all shall be changed. That's the people, the mystery, the last verse. Those that have not gone to sleep yet. Because those that have gone to sleep or died in the flesh go back over the last 10 verses. You're in your spiritual body. Because your natural body is died. Your terrestrial body is dead. It doesn't. God is not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. So don't just uh, nullify all the last verses because you can't read one verse back. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal p- must put on immortality. Okay, there you go. It's one or the other. You're in the flesh body that's living. When it dies, you're in the spiritual body. So when this corruptible, like Paul just goes over this and over and over and over. And it just is beyond all reasonables that somebody wants to pull out. Yeah, you're going to the graveyard. You're going to sit there and rot. And then all of a sudden, uh, when Christ comes, you're going to, dig your way out of six feet of uh, dirt that's been there forever, come up out of the lawn, you know, and, and and start walking around. Come on. That's not what it said. Nowhere does it say or imply that in the Bible. That's ridiculous. That's Hollywood stupidity. That's fiction. So when this corruptible shell put on incorruption, this... Mortal shall put on immortality. Then should be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? It doesn't have a victory. Death is Satan. Jesus Christ, Yeshua Messiah, our Savior, defeated death by not compromising with evil. So we have that place of peace beyond our present comprehension where we can go. It's our choice right now. It's the way you act and carry on today, here and now. That's your choice. Christ will not put up with corruption, guile, malice, or anything that is found inside you. You can't go there and negotiate with Christ. You cannot marginalize what Christ did on the cross for us and say, well, I was a good person, Jesus, and it says in the Bible, it's just you're going to forgive us all. Yeah, he's going to forgive you, but you're judged accordingly. It's in your heart. You have to ask for forgiveness. That means repentance. That means change of heart. That means you're not carrying those things with you. That doesn't mean lip service, yeah, 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 I repent. No, you're you're just repenting because of the consequences. You're not repenting because it's in your heart. The sting of death is sin. Absolutely, that's straightforward. And the strength of sin is the law. Whoa, dude, that is hugely powerful. Those few words there. The strength of sin is the law. God's law. God's law is the truth. And the truth is the great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, heaven and hell. God's law is God's instructions. That's this book. The strength of sin. You give strength to sin. You're the one that has anxieties or they or whatever. They, others, others have anxieties, fears, worries. They're giving strength to sin. They don't have faith. They're marginalizing what Christ did on the cross up there. He did not compromise with evil. No guile, no malice, no corruption. He was blameless. No sin was found in him. And we're all sinners. And we have to confess our sins to our Lord Jesus Christ. Pray for forgiveness and repent. Have a change of heart. Because when we compromise with evil, we give sin strength. When we have anxiety, we give sin strength. We, and, and we can strengthen it and strengthen it. We can run with these theories, thoughts, and, and we can listen to analysis and speculators, and we can listen to all the people on the news right now, or, or your friends or the people on the Internet or the things on TV. Believe me, if it's on the radio, oh, it's got to be true like CBC Radio here here in Canada, never pays homage to God, always pays homage to some ridiculous theory of evolution. That's a sin, that's an abomination to God and an embarrassment to mankind because there would have to be an infinite array of fossils for every single species come and gone, that is and that is now, and an infinite array of fossils at every single minute, stage of transition from the single cell to what we see today and what is coming past, those fossils do not exist. There was an ice age. People, oh, on CBC Radio in Canada, just blasphemy, just blasphemy. Oh, millions of years ago we were in caves and we evolved. Yeah, there's no fossils to ever back that up. And mankind has found fossils from 350 million years ago. They've made ages, they've seen them the fossils of the Cambrian period. Oh, we had we, we just saw species come on the scene ready to go and then they left. There's no transitionary fossils in or out. If you can find fossils and prove plant life from 350 million years ago, which I believe, then you can find fossils of evolution for every species, the elephant, the kangaroo, at every stage of evolution from the single cell to where they evolved from and including humans, to how they evolved into what we see today, those fossils don't exist. It's a joke. It's an abomination to God. It's an embarrassment to mankind. And it's the strength of sin to even entertain that ridiculous idea. But give thanks to God. That's right. Pay homage to God. There has to be a creator. That's the only explanation. That's the only way she goes. Which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brethren, Therefore, be, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of our Lord, not in the work of your lusts of the flesh, not in the work of your egotism, not in the work of what you think is right, because it's convenient for you right now. You abound in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Elia our God is Yahweh. I hope you enjoyed that. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. What a great chapter. It just puts to rest so many theories and theories and thought patterns of people that just cause anxiety, worry. Where am I going to go when I die? I'm going to die. Well, that's just what happens. God doesn't leave us in the dark. He's not the author of confusion. My name is Mike. This is a Companion Chapel. And let me tell you something. I love you all to pieces. I don't necessarily love what you're doing, but I love you enough to spend all my time studying scripture for the last 20 years and trying to bring it to you. If you can help me continue to do this, I'd be the greatest thing. I live at Side Road. I live at number 338RR5 Paisley, also known as Side Road 28 slash 29 Paisley, Ontario, N-O-G, 2-G-O. Come out and help me here. There's, I need help with insulating. I need help with... I'm making this into a church a great broadcasting center be part of the memory memory body whatever is your gift if you have the gift of an excavator or you can get a driveway put in here just to gravel or if you can help me like I said with insulating or this plastic stuff that goes over the insulating I don't know how to do it properly obviously it's a mess um if you're a carpenter, if you can bring me some wood or bring me some, some food stuff, like, like stuff that's going to keep. I don't have any hydro here. If you can help me with electricity, I will keep bringing these podcasts to you. I'm going to do video podcasts. If you can help me set that up, whatever your gift is. If you're a multimedia manager, come and help out this many-member body of God. I teach the Bible from cover to cover, and I don't sugarcoat it because I love you. Sugarcoated love is fake as it gets. Thank you very much. Have a great day. People have been asking me, what's happened to the music that I used to put on the podcast? Well, I'm no DJ, but I can mix it up. Bye for now.